Today's in-flight entertainment is brought to you by the Royal Flying Doctor Service, which has helped my family and many families across Australia. But did you know that it is more than an emergency aeromedical service? They provide dental, mental health and GP services in regional, rural and remote locations. If you wish to support the RFDS and many Australian families, you can donate in the link in our show notes. Are we serious about the whole blind dates thing? Oh, this makes so much more sense now. Yeah, absolutely. What do you mean? What do you mean? Well, I got, I got a message from someone and she was like, hey, you're just wondering like in the potty if you're actually serious about blind dates and... Oh, do you swing that one? Oh, sorry. You, who'd you get it from? No, well, she was trying to set me up with someone. Oh. And I was like, I don't know, are we serious about the blind dates? Yeah. We are. What do you mean? Well, I'm like, do I actually want to go on a blind date for yeah. the podcast? Oh. For you. Okay. Georgie, we're, we're, what? Listen. Oh, you're using my full name. This is serious. You absolutely do that. It's for content. Okay, we're serious about the blind dates, but you've got to message 537 Media, otherwise it's not a blind date. Don't message me. I mean, message me. Message Lachlan. No, 537 Media Whatever. is... Message 537 Media and we'll tee Georgie up on a blind date. Lachlan, you got that? Lachlan just goes along with everything. Yeah, Lachlan does as he's told. I'll sack him. But I thought of a new segment for the potty. And because I come in here every week and I just... We ramble on a lot before I actually sit down and turn the microphone on. Which Mm. is probably not great because a lot of it we could be saying on the potty. So I've thought of a new segment which is headwinds and tailwinds. Because obviously we've got to keep it aviation related. But I thought in if we're putting it in like a real life sense, our headwinds are like... You know, something that's just slowed you down a bit this week. Something, I don't want to say negatives, but like something that just, you know, pushed you back a little bit this week. And then, of course, our tailwinds are like our woo, like, let's go. Like, let's go, baby, we're on. So I thought every week when we sit down for the podcast, we can go through one headwind and one tailwind of the week. Does that sound good to you? You... So you're doing that, who are you doing that with? As in you do it with each person? No, we'll do it us when we sit down or whoever's producing. Oh, so right. we can like have a little bit of a, you know, how's everyone's week been? And then we'll sit down, do our intro. Two negatives, we'll two positives. No, one negative. No, it's not a negative. It's a headwind. Something that's, you know, just been a little bit of a setback. So right. one headwind and one tailwind. Something that's been like, yeah, that's, that's, you know, got me in a good mood this week. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah. So what's, we'll start with, we'll start with the headwinds. What's that headwind of your week? Robert? Uh. Trying to electric fence-proof my chickens. Oh, your chickens? Mm, not going well. They're just escaping. And they get out and shit everywhere. Oh, that mm. is a headwind of the mm. week. So we still haven't overcome it? Mm-mm. Mm, okay. Mm, I'll just like spray them with water and then really <gasps> teach them, you know what I mean? Fried chook, KFC, those losers. Okay. The poor little chicks. Oh, I had a little chicken. She wouldn't lay an egg. So I poured hot water up and down her leg. And the damn little chicken laid a fried egg. If you guys would like, I can mute mute Georgie no, from doing that. No. Turn me back on. Oh, there we are. <laughs> that was my music when I was little. The Shomo and the Monkey Bunch. That was. That was Positives. the first concert I've seen. What was your tailwind? No, hang on. I'll, should I do my headwind? Yeah, sure. Okay. My headwind. This is a, a very tragic headwind of the week. Okay. My, I think a few of my good friends will know this, but my obsession with ham and salad sandwiches like 
out of this world. I will have a ham and salad sandwich every day if I could, and I have been. Like, to, to the point that I went full soccer mum at CMC that I meal prepped, like, six ham and salad sandwiches to go with me. Like, I have had a ham and salad sandwich for every day for, like, I reckon two months, maybe, like, plus or minus a couple of days. And I love them. That's great, If yeah. you can't tell. But, you know when you eat something too long and eventually you're like, oh, this is kind of gross? Yeah. Yesterday, I was, like, on the last couple bites of my ham and salad sandwich and I got that, like, like the... Like a... It's like, you Yeah. Like, well, ah. why am I eating this, like, yucky? And it made me really sad because I was like, I don't want to not enjoy this. <laughs> this is a really tragic headwind, isn't it? This week's been good, so I didn't really have any downfalls. But I have stopped. I had pasta today because, yeah, I really – like, it's summer. There's That's just the best lunch ever. On that, mm-hmm. Lauren, Lauren made one of the great spaghetti bolognese's. On Monday night. And yeah. she's like, all right, so that's what's having for dinner. Yeah. And she's like, and you can take some for lunch tomorrow. I was like, sweet. All right. Mm-hmm. Get home yesterday. I was like, oh, what are we What are we going to have for dinner? Oh, she's like, and you had spaghetti. She's like, well, I've got spaghetti bowl there. And I was like, all right. And I was like, if I eat that, what are we having for lunch tomorrow? She said, well, there should be enough that you have lunch for tomorrow as well. That's so funny because I made a huge pasta bake on Monday night and then I feel like we're going to be having that for dinner tonight as well. Actually, I think we've got steak, but yeah, no, it's definitely and with pasta. I feel like it happens a lot. Well, no, I just looked at her and said, I'm not having that. I'm, oh, I'm not doing are you going to cook? Yeah, I'm, I, went, I went and whipped up a famous, famous nachos from Zimbreros. Very good job, Robbie. Dinner, yeah. Not doing pasta back to back to back to back. Yeah. Miss me with You're going to start looking like a pasta. <laughs> okay, what's a tailwind? What's been your tailwind of the week? I'm in a silly, goofy mood today. <laughs> It's the afternoon. We usually record in the morning. So, no, not Tailwind. Yeah, yeah Tailwind. Tailwind. Something good. Something's been like, um, whoa. Um, 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 I actually know. Come on. Surely something you got to see me twice oh, this week. I, no spoilers, had a golf day on Monday. Mm-hmm. Well, when I say I had a golf day, I didn't do any golfing. I filmed a great golf day. It was sure. good fun with a couple of local legends. Sam's going to be so jealous. Yeah, it was, it was actually pretty sick. And it was, um, it was a good day. It was a good day. No spoilers, but it was good. No, nice. so that'll be coming out soon on on the vlog. Very good. Uh, dos would be. Oh, you're gonna give me two tailwinds? Did you say two or one? Sure, we, you can give me two. Well, I'm, no, I don't no, have two. I thought you said you wanted one. I thought you said one and two. No, I have one. I no, I don't have two. Okay. Lachlan's back from Bali. Oh, we love Lockie back in the office. Mm, back from his 27th holiday for this year. <laughs> you're Lachlan the boss of, giving him leave. Yeah. Well, Lachlan of it's been two months or three months into the year, and he's had. All of it off except for one week. <laughs> hey, Locke. We love you, Locke. I can't yell into his microphone. Nah, he's not listening. He's not listening. He never listens to us. Yeah. Yeah, that's mine. Do yours. Okay. Um, I think my tailwind, I don't know if I can really include it with this week's tailwind because it was on Saturday. And I mean, I suppose it depends when we're starting our week. But I think mine would be our sip and paint party that we had on the weekend to celebrate our fifth birthday. That was lots of fun. I met so many wonderful women in our community and we had a panel discussion as well that went really well and it went so well that Vicky, who was on our panel, I've snatched her up and brought her in the studio today actually to speak with her. She's from the Royal Flying Doctor Service and she has such a wonderful story. She's seen so many things and yeah, I'd say my tailwind was the party and that I get to follow up with her today on the podcast. 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard Aviatrix Airwaves. Please do not turn off your electrical equipment, which you are listening to this podcast on, and instead just sit back, relax, and enjoy as we are about to take off into this episode. Thank you for joining us on Saturday as well. That was so was much, so much fun. fun. Did yeah. you, how did your sip and paint go? Yeah, it was yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like an aeroplane, so that's pretty well, good. Well, that's good. Mine looked like a crashing aeroplane. <laughs> well, yours wasn't the one that said Sam sucks on it, was no, it? No, no, that wasn't. That was my brother's <laughs> girlfriend. My brother's name is Sam. So yeah, well, that's she, why I was like, I wonder if that was yours because I picked no. up that that was your brother. <laughs> No, that wasn't. That was his girlfriend. So acceptable. Funny. <laughs> no, but thank you for joining us. And I'm so glad that we could have someone from the RFDS there as well. And the RFDS is obviously really important to many families across Australia and certainly ours. My brother, who we were actually just talking about, wouldn't be with us if it weren't for the RFDS when he was born. So we try and do as much as we can for the RFDS as possible and I'm so glad we could have you there on Saturday to talk about your experience and raise some funds. Yes, that's awesome. We need all the help we can get. Yeah, so even just with the little party that we had, I'm proud to say we got a grand donated to the RFDS and lovely Ange won our two passenger city scenic, which so good. But yes, I was so grateful to have you there. And I loved all the words you were saying with us on the panel discussion that I was like, I need to snatch up Vicky (laughs) for the podcast this week. So I was like, come in here this week before you just go out flying somewhere else again. (laughs) See if I can make up something else to say. (laughs) (laughs) But I wanted to kind of chat about your experience and I suppose how you got into aviation so what was you know the inspiration behind flying well I think behind every strong woman is another strong woman so my mother was my inspiration um pretty much it was just her and me growing up so yeah we were best friends sisters mum and daughter and oh that's lovely and everything she did I wanted to do so yeah as I said on Saturday when she was a taxi driver I was going to grow up and be a taxi driver (laughs) (laughs) and then she decided to do her nursing degree which Mm -hmm. she wanted to do for a long time and so I said okay yeah that sounds awesome I want to be a nurse now and (laughs) so she's like why don't you join the air force and be a nurse and I'm like oh that'd be pretty cool that'd be fun she'd always had a big strong interest in aviation from when she was young but yeah back then it wasn't the thing women really did and she Mm. didn't get the opportunity to do it so she started having flying lessons and she'd take me along and I was like oh my gosh this is amazing so much fun and I just got the bug from that and then she's like well you could join the Air Force and be a pilot. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) That sounds pretty cool. So, yeah, we went through all the steps. I got a scholarship. uh, That was something they offered. I don't know if they still do it, but scholarship Mm -hmm. for the Air Force and then joined up and haven't looked back since. I've been flying pretty much for – I never tell people how many years. (laughs) (laughs) Then they can work out how old I might be. (laughs) When when was it that your mum started – doing her pilot license how old were you when you got to take that first flight with her do you remember uh yeah so I was in like I would have only been in 10 or 12 years old Mm -hmm. um so she would have been in her 40s Mm -hmm. so So you had the bug very early on then yeah definitely and Mm. I think yeah a lot of pilots or aviators will say it is once you have the bug you can't get rid of it and I think people are kind of like what is that bug and it's like if you know you know yeah yeah yep definitely yeah I think that's what um I resonated with what your brother said. If you want to fly, 
like you'll know it. Mm-hmm. So I've had people go, oh, I don't know if I want to be a pilot or if maybe I want to go and be a chef. And you're like, well, you know, they're very different things. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to be a pilot, you'll know it. Mm-hmm. Like you've got to have that. Yeah, but I think as interest. well as that, like if you are kind of, you know, like on that edge of should I be a pilot, should I not, then it's like go for a fly or go for a trial exactly. introductory fly. And yep. from that moment, I think you'll know. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, like just being exposed to it, yep. you know, it's hard for people if they haven't really been exposed to it before. But once you are in that aircraft, I think yep. you'll know pretty Exactly. Pretty and it's a, it can be a bit scary too because it's, it is obviously a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I was super lucky that I mum got me a trial introductory flight so that was great Mm -hmm. and I'd been able to go with her and then the flying school that she had been flying at in Tasmania uh, offered me a job to help out like washing aeroplanes and in return they said oh we could give you flying lessons in return Mm -hmm. so I pretty much got my license without having to pay for anything I mean I worked for it so yeah but that was just to Mm -hmm. me as a kid I didn't money didn't really mean much but being Mm -hmm. able to go flying was just yeah, flying awesome. was everything. Yeah. And I think nowadays, like, we are lucky that there is things like TAFE that are in plan to help people get through yeah. or there are scholarships available. I was at the Women in Aviation International Conference a um, couple of weeks ago now and they are a great organisation that offers scholarships as well. So there's definitely yeah. things out there to help. And, yeah, it does you know, obviously it is like any uni degree or course or, you know, diploma, there is obviously costs uh, costs behind it, but yeah. there are, I don't want that to scare people in the sense that no. it's like, it's, yeah, there is well, definitely help. That's it. And they offer jobs at the end, don't they? And then you, mm. you kind of pay back what you've done with your work. Yeah, so whole, that's whole pretty awesome. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then you're like, well, at least you know you've got a job at the end of it too, mm-hmm. which is another scary thing. But uh, there's lots of pilot <laughs> jobs going the at the world. moment. So mm-hmm. if you want to be a pilot, join up now. <laughs> so you were in the Air Force for a bit yes. then. Yeah. So yeah. what was yeah what was it like getting into that? And then kind of how did you journey on to then end up with the Royal Flying Doctors? Um, so joining the Air Force is obviously a lot of tests and things you have mm-hmm. to do beforehand. And living in Tasmania, that was pretty scary. They flew me across to Melbourne and oh, wow. spent a couple of nights on my own. So I've been in like 15, 16 oh years goodness. old. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a lot so for it was a 15 was a big year trip, yeah. Mm-hmm. And lots and lots of tests and interviews. Like you actually had to sit aboard four people across from you asking you questions about being in the military. And mm-hmm. but uh, So that was pretty intense, but it was cool, really good experience. And yeah. got to go to the Defence Academy in Canberra first. So they paid for my degree. So three years there and then pilots course after that. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, very fortunate to be able to do it that way. If you want to join up and you can go through the Air Force, they pay for everything and they, <laughs> they do all the training and it's like it is intense. But yeah, yeah, I've obviously heard. you've got to work pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, as I said the other day, going – through pilot's course I had a bit of a struggle there towards the end and thought oh this is it I'm not going to get through and had to, had to make that decision on what, whether I was going to go and do something else mm-hmm. or press on and again talk to my mum and she was like no you know you can do this just get in there and do it and mum really just, was the rock she who, was yeah. she was and uh yeah she's not around now so I do miss her every day yeah. but oh, she um sure. she pushed me and I was like yep I can do this and just found that they used to call it tiger, the inner tiger. So yeah. you're, you've got to just, you know, get in there and be aggressive, not be a passenger. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're flying the aeroplane, you're not sitting in the back just right. looking out the window. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 
So I got through and ended up coming second on my whole course, which was pretty cool. And Congrats. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. So from there, it meant I got to pick where I wanted to go. So I chose to go to the VIP Jets in Canberra, which was pretty (laughs) fun. That was pretty flash and got to see some amazing things like lots of Australian trips, but also some overseas. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, you know, so I'm like in my early 20s at this stage now and jetting off to Hong Kong and (laughs) Vietnam and all these interesting places. What was your favourite place to fly over or to visit, I suppose? Uh, When I was in VIPs, like going to Vietnam was just eye-opening. It was amazing. I don't know what it's like now, but it was just crazy. There were just people everywhere and Mm -hmm. like little mopeds everywhere. (laughs) And, you know, you crossed the road, you had to like just go with the flow because everyone just sort of (laughs) pushed across. Um, But flying into Hong Kong was pretty interesting. Back then they had an approach that came in at like 90 degrees to the runway. So it was really unique. So Mm -hmm. you're actually flying down towards basically the city and all the apartment buildings in in this big jet. You look out the window and you can see people's washing on their verandas. And and then at the last minute you do a little 90 degree turn and land on the runway. So I don't think that approach is there anymore. So it was great to have that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, and then from there, because that was pretty much a co-pilot posting, mm-hmm. you could pick where you wanted to go next. So that was when I had to make that big decision. Uh, with mum, we'd always grown up around the F-111s and she used to watch them when she was younger and she'd take me to the airport and we'd watch them take off and land out at Amberley. And so I could go to F-111s if I wanted to, but I actually ended up deciding to go to the Caribou because I wanted to, you know, as you get older and get more experienced you realize what you really want to do and yeah just it would have been fun and amazing to fly the f-111 but the caribou meant i could actually go and do work like they went out and helped mm-hmm. people whereas the f-111s and the fighters tend to do more training yeah so what is really i needed. suppose for people not in the air force what is the difference in those aircraft so the f-111s we don't have them on anymore unfortunately but mm-hmm. probably people would be familiar with the f-18 jets yeah so they are going to be the ones you need in your wartime or mm-hmm. for like surveillance and things like that. So they would go out and do that stuff when needed, mm-hmm. which luckily for Australia, we haven't really needed it too much. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Caribou is what we call a transport aircraft. So transporting troops, we could right. drop things out the back. You could do, uh, we did a lot of aid work up in New Guinea and mm-hmm. Solomons and Timor, uh, where you could actually, yeah throw out water and hay bales and we've done that around Australia as well, helped with floods. So with supplies and stuff. Yeah, 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 100%. So that – and that aeroplane is just amazing to fly. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) you went with that one? Yeah, Mm -hmm. and talking to a helicopter pilot. (laughs) Caribou's about as close to a helicopter as you can get in (laughs) fixed wing worlds, so – you no, guys are just trying to be like us I then. know, right? <laughs> well, we, you know, we could land pretty short distances, so still needed a runway though. <laughs> but that was exciting. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no weather radar, no autopilot, mm-hmm. um, and you could only go up to 10,000 feet, no pressurisation. So mm-hmm. very, very challenging and interesting aeroplane to fly. And again, mm-hmm. unfortunately, they're not around anymore either, so they've been retired. Mm-hmm. And lots and lots of work up in New Guinea, which is just amazing, flying around in the mountains up there. and It would have been very rewarding as well. It was. It was Mm -hmm. so good. You'd go and spend a couple of weeks up there and help. They'd have floods and all their roads would be cut off and Mm -hmm. we could fly from place to place and deliver their supplies and they were always just so excited to see us and 
Yeah. It was pretty cool. Like some of the places you'd start up, you're right, like near the edge of the runway and all the kids would grab onto the fence behind the aeroplane and when you start like really push the power up, they'd all be flying in the wind. (laughs) (laughs) It was always fun to see. Yeah. Yeah. So a bit of time in that aircraft? Yeah, a lot actually. I did go for a couple of years and get my instructor rating and Mm -hmm. taught at the Abinitio School in Tamworth for a couple of years on the CT4s, the little ones. And then from there back to the Caribous and became um, an instructor on the Caribous Mm -hmm. and was the training flight commander for a couple of years and then the executive officer for a couple of years before they retired the Caribous and that was when it was like, okay, do I stay in the Air Force? They really offered us to go to Sydney. Richmond was Mm -hmm. about the only thing they gave us the choice of and we wanted to stay in Townsville. We just love it up here. Yeah. So we decided, okay... Another big decision, but we decided it was time to leave the Air Force and sort of settle a little bit. We'd moved Mm -hmm. every couple of years. That's what Air Force life is like as well. Yeah. And fortunate enough to know a couple of people who had flying doctor's jobs said, yeah, you'd love it, you should come over. And so I put in my resume and application and got the job to stay in Townsville. So 13 years later, I'm still there. (laughs) So do you think that was one of the most difficult decisions in your career was deciding whether to stay with the Air Force or going and finding a different job or did you kind of know? I wouldn't say the decision itself was difficult, but actually doing it, Mm -hmm. it's all I had known you're very insulated in the military, mm-hmm. simple things that people don't think about. You don't have a Medicare card because all your medical is mm. looked after. Um, and, yeah, you get, like, pretty good support yeah. wherever you go, whether it's with your housing or, like I said, medical side of things. So it was just difficult, I guess, just doing yeah. that step and away. And I guess that, you know, side of life that it is when you're so comfortable with something, it's hard to challenge yourself and push for something different. Yes. When you're just so used to it and comfortable and, you know, content where you exactly. are to, you know, make that change. And it's like, it's all you know. And step, yeah, like you said, stepping right outside your comfort mm-hmm. zone, big thing. Um, I'd been in the Air Force for 18 years and my husband had been in for 27. So mm-hmm. for both of us, it was definitely a, a whole new world. It was kind of like starting again. Did but you and your hubby meet in the Air Force? Yes. Oh, yes. So that's lovely. That's why I was saying it's so good that I chose Caribous because that's <laughs> where I met him. And yeah. Oh. But uh, yeah, it's it's just been fantastic to mm-hmm. like we say it was a very difficult decision and very difficult process, but it's the best thing we've ever done. Yeah. Now where we are, we're just so happy in Townsville with our home and our animals and. And then our jobs, so we're both really excited with what we do. And mm-hmm. yeah, and flying for the flying doctors is just amazing. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm excited to hear about that. So, yeah, what's your journey with the Royal Flying Doctors been like? You know, what's where have you traveled to here and there, here and far? And yeah, so on an average day, we can go anywhere in Queensland. So, I've been mm-hmm. all over Queensland and uh. Don't do so much overseas, but I was lucky enough to get one overseas trip when we upgraded our aeroplanes. So we've Mm -hmm. got the King Airs, but we started off with the 200s, which we've got a lot of around the state. And then we've upgraded to the 350s. We had to do our simulator training initially overseas. So I got to spend about two weeks over in Charlotte in America, which was pretty cool. Yeah. but now we've got a simulator down at the Sunshine Coast, so we don't get to do the overseas trips anymore, which is mm-hmm. 
obviously way better for fatigue and money <laughs> management and everything. Definitely. But, but yeah, that, Technology. Was, that was exciting <laughs> for something different. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we cover so much of Queensland all the way up to Horn Island, uh, Mornington Island, out to Mount Isa, all the way down to Brisbane. I've even been as far down as Coffs Harbour once. Mm-hmm. So that was very different. Actually crossed the border. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a hurry to get back though. You know? <laughs> Queensland, come on. <laughs> I like it. I like yeah. it. And so we have a lot of, actually, when I announced that you were speaking on Saturday, we had so many girls like be like, we can't make the Sivan paint, but can you please ask her like how she got started and what the process was like with the Royal Flying Doctors? Because yeah, I think so many people are interested in flying for the RFDS, which is great because like I said, it is such a well-needed cause around Australia, not only Queensland. But yeah, what was, I'm assuming it's might be a little bit different now but what was it like joining you know what was your first steps in the process your training any training involved yep so uh first thing is to have a look at the requirements so it's on Mm -hmm. our website what requirements you need in terms of hours so Mm -hmm. because we're single pilot they tend to be a little bit higher than the average aviation job but we are offering um now a job called a ramp pilot which is sort of like a foot in the door so you don't have to have nearly as much experience Mm -hmm. and then we give you the experience so you go and do things like what we call our clinic runs which is Mm -hmm. um almost like a set run every week cairns Mm -hmm. mount isa and charleville have the clinic runs yeah and that's so we can get your experience up and then obviously your time with the flying doctors and then you can actually step across to what we call the aeromedical pilot yeah Yeah. because the aeromedical one's we tend to be a little bit less predictable. (laughs) You come to work, you don't know where you're going to go. So we've got that avenue now, which is fantastic. And we are, we really need pilots. So if people want to do it, jump on the website, have a look at what the hours requirements are and, and work your way up to that. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's definitely the first step. And then Put in your resume, even if there isn't a job, but Mm -hmm. I can tell you there are jobs right now. But if there isn't one, you still put your resume in and it shows an interest and then they've got you on the file Mm -hmm. for when they're like, oh, we need some pilots again. Oh, look, we've got these 10 or 12 people who are interested. Yeah. There'll be the standard interview process and then they take you for a little fly and now we've got the simulator. They can throw you in the simulator and just see how you handle it. You don't have Mm -hmm. to know anything about the aeroplane. It's just to see what your hands and feet skills are like. Mm Mm-hmm. And then if you're accepted, it's off to the simulator for a couple of weeks to do the proper training. Yeah. And it's really good now that we have that simulator ability. So you can do Mm -hmm. everything and anything in there. Mm -hmm. And then once you've gotten through and basically done your conversion onto the aeroplane, they'll take you to your base and you do what we call check to line. So you spend a couple of weeks doing the job with another pilot Mm -hmm. and getting out there and seeing what it means because we've got to do all our own loading of patients. You know, a lot of our people can't walk onto the aeroplane. Mm-hmm. So we've got so loading, the special loading system. So the helping with that? Yep, yeah, definitely. Okay. It's, most of the time we go out, we've only got the pilot and the nurse. So we have mm-hmm. to work really closely together as a, as a team to get the patients on the aeroplane and off the aeroplane and make sure they're comfortable and, and sort of happy with what's going on because it's pretty scary for those guys out there. Yeah, you know, something course. bad's just happened to them and now they're being thrown in the back of an aeroplane and taken hundreds of miles away from their home and their yeah. family. So, Yeah, I suppose it would, it would be very rewarding, but you would see some stuff. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's it. People always say, oh, what's the most amazing thing you've ever done? But it's like, it's... Sometimes it can be quite sad and, and you yeah. know, we obviously don't don't yeah. talk about all the bad things no, that personal. happen. It's exactly, personal to them, exactly. yeah. 
But but then there's amazing things. It's so cool, you know, taking little babies all over the place. And, yeah, and I just never get over how happy people are to see us. Even, you know, they can be having their worst day in their sickest condition and then Mm -hmm. they're just like, oh, thank you so much and, oh, I'll carry my bag. And you're like, no, you're not carrying (laughs) your bag. (laughs) Oh, I don't want to be a bother. It's like, well, you're here. (laughs) We're here for you. That's, you know, we're here to look after you. But it's just Australians. We're just so tough and (laughs) especially out out west, you know Mm -hmm. what it's like out in in the stations. They're just like, oh, I don't want to be a hassle. (laughs) Like you're not hassle. (laughs) So what's the most satisfying thing you reckon then with your job? Every day, honestly, Every day. yeah, it's just so nice to just get out there and and help people and yeah, I I can never pick one particular thing. It's just always great and like when you can get people to where they go and they're just like, oh, thank you so much, that was amazing. Or people who are a bit scared of flying and mm-hmm. you you come in and certainly doesn't always help when they see they've got a female pilot (laughs) yeah I was going to ask because you're the only pilot you said it's just you and the nurse so it would be a female only crew sometimes or yeah more often than not we don't have certainly don't have as many male nurses either but we do Mm -hmm. we do have them but uh yeah when I sort of say oh hi I'm your pilot today and sometimes especially the older men they tend to be more like oh okay (laughs) Mm. and uh yeah we joke around like oh that's all right. I've been doing this for a few days now, so we'll be we'll be fine. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and that's the thing. We just like we're a little family here in Townsville, so you know you have a bit of a joke around. And I think if we're relaxed, then the patients tend to be more relaxed mm-hmm. as well. And yeah, if you can take those people who are initially like, "Oh, this is a bit scary," and you get to the other end, and they're like, "Oh, that was amazing. Oh, thanks. That landing was so great." Or mm. you know, it's just it's quite satisfying. So yeah, yeah. And how have you seen, like, the aviation industry change in, you know, with gender equality? You said, you know, you're the only pilot, you're the only female pilot on there most days. And, yeah, how have you – have you seen a change in the industry from when you first started, you know, back in the Air Force to now? Uh, Definitely. When I joined the Air Force and graduated on pilots course, I was, like, only the 10th female pilot that the Royal Australian Air Force had ever had. Wow. So – and that was – Back in the late 90s. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Somewhere around there. Sometime, I think. Yeah, yeah, back then. Um, but, uh, and same with the flying doctors. When I joined, I was the only female pilot. They'd had one before me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, two pilots in 95 years of Queensland RFDS. Mm-hmm. Um, then we've had another girl join the, f- mm-hmm. the company and just recently another girl. So, you know, in the last five years, we've gone from one to three that's great yeah and you certainly hear more girls out on the radios which is awesome whether mm-hmm. it's like flying around with townsville helicopters or <laughs> up on a alliance yeah. or things like that so yeah they're, they're everywhere out on the radio now which is great mm-hmm. um yeah well we had josie we had three female pilots on our panel on the weekend yeah. so that yep. was great to have exactly. us all in one room and mm-hmm. all from such different backgrounds too which is pretty cool mm-hmm. very cool yeah yes well, thank you for sharing that part of your journey. I'm sure we're going to have so many more questions come through. I suppose, is there one thing you want to leave us with today for, you know, girls wanting to start out or something you've learned along your journey that you wish you could tell everyone or tell your younger self? Um, all I would say is just go for it. Like, if it's what you want to do, don't listen to any naysayers or anybody, mm-hmm. or if you've got that 
nagging doubt in the back of your mind that, oh, no, I don't think I could do it, mm-hmm. then just go and give it a go. Like, mm-hmm. it's the only that way you'll know. Imposter syndrome kills and yeah. I think that's with, with anyone really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you just got to go and, and give it your best and hopefully have fun while you're doing it and – like I can highly recommend it and I'm sure you can. It's yes. like the absolute best office to have. You've got the mm-hmm. best view. Well, you said, you said it. Well, I said, what's your most satisfying part of your job? And you said every day. And I just love that. That's yeah. so beautiful. No, it's just true. So, yeah. Just give it a shot. Just go for it. That's all I can yeah. say. Thank <laughs> you. I'm sure they'll, the girls will really appreciate that. But like I said, the RFDS does mean so much to us. So we're going to pop um, the link to the donation page in our show notes so if anyone wants to go and donate to the rfds they can jump in our show notes and donate and if you want to have vicky on again or you've got any (laughs) other questions please let me know you can follow rfds queensland on instagram facebook linkedin all that sort of stuff and as you can follow along see some little snippets of vicky on the weekend as well partying (laughs) doing a sip and paint at our aviatrix underscore australia page And we'll be back in New Year's again next week for another episode. But thank you again for joining us Saturday and today. I'm so glad I could snatch you in here for your little hour break. (laughs) Sorry to the RFDS. I did steal her her for an hour this week. (laughs) Just sharing, just this once. (laughs) No, thank you. And we'll chat again soon. Thank you. It was great. Okay, so we stopped recording. And then, of course, just because Vicky is totally insane I've kept her back here and just kept firing questions at her and I figured "Hmm, maybe I should probably start recording again so we are recording again and I wanted to ask what's like an average day in the life or your roster kind of look like yeah so we're pretty lucky to know what we're doing each month so Mm -hmm. in Townsville we do the pilots do 14 shifts a month 12 hour shifts Mm -hmm. and we know what they are so you can plan your life around that which is great you get a life good work-life balance in that Yeah, because I totally thought that the Royal Flying Doctors would just be like, you know, you get called up, it'll be 12 o'clock at midnight and you'll be called up and you've got to go just any day of the week. So, yeah, I didn't really think it was – well, obviously with flight and duty periods and stuff, you do have to have rosters or, you know, you can be on call for certain amounts of times. But, yeah, I kind of thought, like, if it was a serious emergency, you'd just have to be called up. Yeah, well, we're well protected, as you said, in the fatigue and and Mm -hmm. management side of things in that. And we've got 24-7 coverage across the whole state, across Mm -hmm. all our bases. And then in um, Townsville, Rockhampton and Brisbane, we've got a second 12-hour shift, so a a 9am till 9pm. So you've got extra coverage there, which is great. Yeah. So, yeah, if you do need that midnight emergency call out, there will be a crew somewhere mm-hmm. that can handle it so like cans manizer townsville we cover most of the north and west of queensland and then you've got rockhampton charleville bundaberg brisbane that cover all the southern areas mm-hmm. and then we cross over between but mm-hmm. and yeah you never every shift's different you never know what you're going to do you come in at, at six o'clock at the start of your shift or nine o'clock and within the first half an hour we get tasked with what they want us to do for the first bit of the day you go and do that job you come back and then they see what's next so, so do you get overnight shifts as well yes yeah, so yeah. there's, there's 6 p.m till 6 a.m shift mm-hmm. as well so you're so. in the office during that time or do you have like on call duties i know like josie does or other pilots do where they're like could just be sitting around home and then it's just a more on call or is your shift like you are in the office from six till six yeah in townsville we're in the office from okay. six till six generally so and yeah. we've 
99% of the time we do get tasked in that first hour. It's mm-hmm. just so, so busy all the time. Mm-hmm. I could imagine. And it's not all just emergency work either. Like we do mm-hmm. a lot of what we call inter-hospital transfers. So mm-hmm. if someone in Mount Isa needs to come to Townsville for treatment that Mount Isa can't handle, then we'll go and pick them up and bring them across. Because mm-hmm. Townsville Hospital is just amazing. Like it's the biggest hospital in this region. Mm-hmm. So we bring a lot of people in here mm-hmm. and we've got the neonatal unit. So we bring in all the little tiny babies and, and there's a, um, a paediatric unit now. And so we do those transfers as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we're, we're just busy all the time. Yeah. So even on the night shifts, like if you're lucky, you'll finish sort of midnight, two o'clock maybe, but sometimes you're working through until four or even six o'clock in the mm. morning. So With those hospital transfers, is it like – private flight say there's one family they need to get to the hospital if there's say let's use Mount Isa for an example if there's you know three patients out in Mount Isa will they all come in or is every flight private uh no so we will take generally two patients is our maximum Mm -hmm. so Queensland Health tells us where they want us to go effectively so there's uh coordinators in the north and down in the south and they sit down and they look at the board for the day about which patients need to go where and then they come up with a plan. So we might go to Mount Isa and pick up one patient and then stop in at Huendon on the way and get a second patient. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the okay, so you can do a around the world trips as well. <laughs> they get to take the scenic <laughs> yeah, route. That's it. And that's what we say, you got the scenic route today. So, But mm-hmm. sometimes it's not appropriate to put a second person on depending on the yeah. condition or what the situation is. Yeah, so is. it'd be so more for those non-emergencies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Kind of like air ambulance, but, you know, flying doctors. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the other misnomer is, like, in Townsville, we are standard crew, pilot and nurse, and yep. we only take a doctor for the more critical cases when okay. we really need one. So people just assume flying doctors, you've always got a doctor, doctor on, board, on board, but we don't. <laughs> Our nurses are amazing and they just, like, can do everything pretty oh, much. So. Incredible. And what's, yeah, like, what's your usual... I guess, what's your week look like this week? What have you, where have you been up to? Uh, so I if you can flew around it. yesterday, yeah. So mm-hmm. yesterday I went for a flight, went down to Collinsville and across to Mackay and that was actually a pretty cruisy day for us. Usually we work a full 12 hours mm-hmm. um, and then my next shift's later in the week. So so um, today's off? Yeah, oh, today's off. I know. They gave it to me just so I could come and do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Perfect. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting stuff. Cool. Thank you. I will probably going to take this microphone away and keep chatting for hours again, but (laughs) thank you for jumping back on and yeah, we'll hopefully have you in again soon. Perfect. Thanks.